Hello everyone and welcome back to the LA Uncensored podcast. This week I'm joined by Colin all the way from across Bristol. Hi Colin. Hello, how you doing Alfie, everyone? Yeah, I'm good mate, I'm good. Enjoying, well I say enjoying but I think everyone who knows me knows I'm not a fan of the heat so suffering through this heat wave. How about you? That's tough isn't it? Yeah, it's been, I was playing rugby at the weekend and yeah, it's not easy when running around in the heat. I can imagine. Uh, well, it's perfect you said that, uh, because today we're going to be talking about the Rugby World Cup. And as the last episode where I spoke with Uncle Leslie about this, by the way, he's traveling, so he's not available this week for anyone who's interested. Um, so yeah, because my rugby knowledge is next to none... Colin, I'm going to be asking Colin his thoughts on certain things about the upcoming Rugby World Cup. And he's just going to be talking us through it. So first off is, I'm just going to give you Pool A. I think we spoke about this earlier today. Um, New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia. Where do you think, who do you think's finishing top of that group? What order do you think they're all going to finish in? Anything to look out for? So that's the opening game this Friday is obviously the big one for that. So you've got New Zealand, uh, France. So it's quite a hard one to call, really. I think they're both teams that are kind of at the top of their game. They've both been playing really well. And in a way, it doesn't actually, it doesn't really matter because I think Italy are the only other team that can have even a small chance of, of going through. And I think they've got next to no chance. And the, the other two there won't challenge them in the slightest. And then I think because they then play in the quarterfinal, either the winner or the runner-up of Group B, which is all very strong, in a way I'm not sure it will matter that much. So I don't know how hard they'll target that game or whether they'll be tempted to sort of put, put out those the whole back tactics and things. So it's a difficult one to call, really. I think it'll be an important one for confidence and all that kind of thing, but in a way it's not hugely important. I think it would be an absolute shock if those two didn't, didn't go through from that group, really. I do feel actually for Italy yeah. quite a lot because they've they've come on hugely in in the past few years, but they're they're really just not quite at that level yet. I think both both France and New Zealand, the bookies would probably have them top three for the whole tournament. So I think Italy have just been so unfortunate to end up in that group with them. Yeah, it does seem a bit harsh the way they've done the groups, isn't it? Because Group B is South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, and Romania. And you've mentioned that the top three in that group are all top five ranked worldwide. So what do you think? Yeah. As a Scottish man, who do you think wins that group? Who do you think comes second oh, and doesn't make it out? I think my head probably says Scotland don't make it out. And probably South Africa go through top and then Ireland. It's such a tough one, though. I think Scotland on the day could really beat either of them. But to be honest, those are the two teams that we've we've really struggled with the past ten years, maybe. I think we've not beaten South Africa since about twenty ten. We beat we beat Ireland in twenty seventeen, I think. But we've played them at least once a year since then. So they're really the team that we've we've struggled the most with. I think Ireland. So it's, it just depends whether we can kind of shake that. At a certain point, it becomes almost a kind of mentality problem that you go into a match having yeah. lost to them over and over and it's the same players I think it's a big ask really 
but hopefully we can just upset one of them and then but even then you could you could win one of those games and still go out if we got to a point where each of those three won beat one of the others just comes down to bonus points and that kind of thing and then it's it's really just a bit of a lottery so it's a, it's a really difficult pool I think as well not only are the the top three so three of the top five are in that pool but the other two of the top five are in pool A so that'd be France and New Zealand so whoever goes through pool B is guaranteed in the quarter final barring some huge upset will get either France or New Zealand so even to get to semi-final you're talking about beating probably at least two of the of the top five and you'll see a lot of these big teams go out early so it's, it's a difficult one well, that brings good news for England fans. Who are in, England's in Pool D, and that group is England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa, and Chile. Now, before I ask you your predictions, uh, Uncle Leslie did say something about this group, and he said Chile are going to lose every single game. And in each game they play, they'll concede at least 50 points. So before I ask you for your group, your pool rankings, what do you think of that statement from Uncle Leslie? I think he could be on something there, you know. I think Japan aren't quite what they were. So in the last World Cup, obviously it was in Japan, which gives them a bit of a boost, but they were knocking off Scotland, they knocked off Ireland, they gave South Africa a good game. But since then, I don't think they've played a lot of rugby. They've had quite a few players retire. They've also been hit a little bit by... They've sort of tightened up the rules around having overseas players play for you recently, and I think they've been hit quite hard. They always they rely quite a lot on sort of New Zealanders and people coming over, so I think that's hit them quite hard. But just for whatever reason, they're they're not quite where they were. I think they actually lost recently to Samoa, so that could be a big fight for that kind of third spot, or potentially even second, depending how how England and Argentina go. But but yeah, I just think Chile aren't aren't really up to the same level as the other ones. That's a, that's a tough draw for them, really. But then saying that, they probably struggle in any group. Yeah. So is that you saying England first and Argentina second? No, I don't think so. I think uh, Argentina look really strong. So the Rugby Championship, Southern Hemisphere, Six Nations, so Argentina, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. Argentina this summer had a very strong showing in that. So they knocked off Australia, I think they lost to South Africa by one point. Mm. And then uh, the New Zealand game was a bit more of a blowout, but I just don't think England are quite in that at that level at the moment, and they just seem to be getting worse and worse. So I think it would be, yeah. I, I'd, I'd really strongly back Argentina to, to go through the top of that group, to be honest. I think England are very lucky, actually, with the group they have. So I think they probably should still make it through, but in plenty of other groups they wouldn't. It does seem a bit weird how the pooling's been done, though. That best teams all seem to be pulled up into two different groups. And it's almost like you want the most competitive games early on. And then, I mean, I guess a semi-final where whoever, regardless of whoever's playing or final, should probably always be competitive. But it just seems odd to me that the best of the best would a lot of them would be out quite early on. It also seems unfair. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. I think they're looking at changing it for the next one. But pretty much what's led to that is they, they do the draw. So they at least seed the teams. So you've got the top four teams. They'll put one in each group. 
next four, they'll put one in each group from the world rankings. Mm -hmm. But they take the rankings from, I think, three years before the World Cup. So there's obviously a lot of room for for a lot to change. So I think what's happened there, Wales have got significantly worse. England have got significantly worse. Scotland have got better. Um, yeah, it's, it's just really a, a case of... It'd be, yeah, it's just based on rankings from quite a long time ago. Like Ireland are ranked first in the world currently, but they'll have gone through as like this sort of teams ranked five to what would that be nine eight. or five to eight or whatever the next four would yeah. be. So they're they're sort of a, a tier below. They should be Scotland or a tier below where they should be, and I, I suppose Japan mm-hmm. are probably a tier above where. So it's just I think they need to look at doing it much closer to the tournament because as you say, it just ends up with if if it changes a lot, you just end up with teams in the wrong place. Yeah, it does seem like an antiquated method of doing things, considering the World Cup is every four years, and three years before it, literally a year after the one ends, you literally know the groups for the next one. That just seems art. Because I think part of like qualifiers and everything. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think part of the problem is rugby historically hasn't been that competitive. There's been maybe 10 countries that play it really seriously and they've just absolutely dominated. So there's not been that much movement in the rankings. The way, like football, you've got plenty of countries who could come in and maybe make a run at, if not winning it, they could make make it through the pool or something. Whereas rugby, just there's yeah. been a lot less movement, I think, in the past. But you're hoping, I guess, as the game goes more international, like teams like Japan are, are on the rise and it's spreading to different countries, you're kind of hoping that it does become more international, so I guess you do need to change it then going forward. Right, right, okay. Yeah, hopefully change comes soon because it's a bit of a weird way of doing things. Right. There's, there's a similar... Uh... Yeah, sorry? I was just going to say, there was uh, England ended up in the same sort of place in 2015 when they hosted the World Cup because they had uh, Wales and Australia. Australia ended up going all the way through to the final, and Wales were quite a strong side. But yeah, it's, it's, in, in the past, it's also led to these just overpowered groups, and it's, it's a difficult one. Because obviously, it's just lottery if you end up there, then you can go out much earlier than you should. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, group Pool C, I think we've touched on them a bit, speaking of Wales and Australia. So that's Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. What do you th- who do you think finishes bottom? Who do you think goes through? I mean, I think Port- Portugal are the obvious kind of odd man out there. I suppose. I think the the other four are actually all quite strong, and strangely, they've been. I think Wales and Australia have been in the same pool the past at least two World Cups, and I think Fiji were also in that pool last World Cup. So they're teams that kind of know each other well, but. Fiji are really on the rise. They beat England last weekend. I think they're now actually the highest ranked in that pool. And then you've got, obviously, Wales and Australia. There's more of a kind of history of success there. Australia obviously have Eddie Jones now, coaching them, the old England coach. And they're actually yet to win a game with him. I don't think they've won a game this year. But saying that, I think they've, they've played some tough teams. So I, I think they could well be. They have talent there, so they could be one that turned up. Wales haven't really looked like much and did actually lose to Georgia last time they played them, I think last summer. So you don't, I mean, that that's a possibility they could lose that again. 
I think all those four, I think, are currently sat ranking eight, nine, ten, eleven. So they're all right beside each other in ranking. So you, you could really see anything happen. I think Fiji have almost become kind of favourites to go through there. I think wow. probably Georgia miss out, but it'd be good to see them go through, and and they've definitely got that kind of chance. Yeah, it could be a really tight group. I think all all the games there will be very interesting. So your final two, just for confirmation, to go. To- I think Fiji and Australia. I'm going to say Australia top and Fiji second. I'd love to see Georgia go through. I have a real soft spot for Georgia, but I just don't think they're quite there. How come? Where does that come from? They're just not... There's a difficulty as well. For these teams that are out with the Six Nations and out with the Rugby Championship, they just don't have the same experience playing these top teams sort of multiple times every year. I think that just makes it such an uphill battle. Fiji are sort of competing against the same thing, but I think they just have slightly more talent there. But it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting. I think it's better. that Georgia-Fiji game will be one I've got an eye on as well. Because I think they play kind of interesting styles. Georgia have a really strong forward pack. So a really strong uh, line-out drive, scrum, all that kind of thing. Whereas I think P- Fiji will be looking to pass a lot more and run it a lot more. So I think that would be a real kind of interesting opposite styles clash just to see who comes out on top of that one. Mm. But yeah, I just don't think Georgia's quite got the same experience and talent as the other three. And Wales, I think, have just been not as creative as they could be. I think they look a bit left behind. That's interesting. Okay, based on everything you said, yeah, knowing how the two pools have separated, have been split up, who do you see making it to the finals? So give your predictions on the finals. And I, who do you oh, think difficult. wins that game? That's it. I think, so for me, I think there's only four teams that realistically could win the World Cup. And I think between the four of them, I find it very difficult to put one ahead, really. So South Africa, obviously, won it last time. They look very strong. They beat New Zealand by a record score about two weeks ago. Uh, I think New Zealand could do it. They won the Rugby Championship, looked very strong, beat South Africa quite convincingly then. I think France looked really strong. They've been building very well. There's a kind of young core there. In France, obviously, that's a big plus. I think they just have a lot of squad depth and talent there. They have been hit a bit more by injuries than the other ones. They've lost Intermac, who's their kind of star number 10. Emma DuPont, I think, are are sort of unreal world-class pairing at 9 and 10, and I think they'll miss that. But they've got plenty of talent to sort of fill in uh, they lost a loose head as well. Uh, several, several by I think, one of the best loose heads in the world prop. So that they are missing guys here and there, but I just think they've got so much depth to drop on. Uh, with it being in France, I think they they could very well go all the way. And I think the other one would be Ireland. I think Ireland and the Six Nations looked about as good as anyone has this year, and they pretty comprehensively put France away. I don't think they've looked quite that level since then. But then they've got a bit of an easier start. So I don't know whether they're sort of expecting that they'll almost use the first group stage games as warm-ups. Whereas the likes of Scotland and South Africa 
because they play each other first. Right, I think Ireland get, I want to say Romania, yeah. So they might sort of look to peak at a slightly different time. But if they can look like they looked in the Six Nations, they've also got a great shot. Um, they're maybe one that's got slightly less depth. So it, it might hit them a little bit harder if they start picking up injuries. Especially they're quite reliant on Johnny Sexton, who's now about 40. They're kind of captain, star player, and I don't think he's played very much rugby in the past six months or so. He's currently serving a ban, but um, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. I, I think, for me, I think New Zealand or South Africa win it. I can't actually remember how the... I think they can meet in the final. I think if it's possible, I can't remember when they diverge into different places, but I think if it's possible for them to meet in the final, I'd say they probably do. And then it's just so hard to call. Um, I'm going to say New Zealand, actually. I think New Zealand do. But I would not I would not be surprised with any of those four. And I'd be very surprised if it was someone that wasn't in that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, a bit worrying for England. That. They've not even been considered for that. But I guess Scotland are a stronger team than England currently, and they didn't make that prediction as well. So it's. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd say, I'd, I'd actually say Argentina are a stronger team than England currently. I think there's a, a good few. But yeah, I think England are kind of in that next year of it would take a bit of a miracle. I mean, maybe they turn it around. They do have a lot of talent. It's a bit kind of head scratching how they've fallen off so much. Because I have a lot of players who three years ago you said are world class and they're not too old or anything. So it's, it's kind of hard to say what's gone wrong there. So maybe maybe it clicks, but I just don't really see it. I've not seen enough from them. Do you think it could be the fact that they've changed coach so soon or so suddenly? Like you said, Eddie Jones went to manage Australia. That was, what, earlier this year? Or was sacked? And yeah, so I think it, it, it was, yeah, it was the end of... So the end of last year, so he took over. Yeah, at the start of this year, I don't know. I just I think they've had enough time that I don't know if that really holds water as an excuse anymore. I I can understand why they might not be at their absolute peak, but they they look awful. I think they they lost to Fiji. They ne- uh, two weeks ago. They never lost to Fiji before. I don't even think they'd lost to a tier two country before. They just look completely off the bit. The Six Nations wasn't great. I can't remember. Did they, they finish fourth? I think. They're struggling to beat a really poor Wales team. I, I just don't... I, I don't think that accounts for all of it. I think that's maybe part of it. But it's just such... England have so much in the way of resources that I, they just should never be performing at that level. Hmm. Yeah. The, the players look an... unmotivated and done. I don't know if there's maybe some kind of culture or motivation or... It's, it's just there's something about wrong there. And I, I don't really... Maybe the English, English way... Big games, big times, and it's uh, it's when we shrink. Isn't that the English method? Maybe. Shrinking maybe. the big tournaments. Yeah, Could I, I think on, because under Eddie Jones, they were very up and down. He, he, I think he still does have the best winning record of any England coach ever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they had periods where they, they obviously made a World Cup final. They absolutely smashed New Zealand in that semi-final in the last World Cup. So they, they had really high moments, and then they had pretty poor times. But but now it's, it seems like under Borthwick the, the their sort of normal level seems to be below they ever were with in the lows with Eddie Jones, but without any of the highs. 
So it just seems like a, a complete misstep. I don't know if he's just a bit out of his depth, maybe. I don't know how much. I think he won one Premiership title with Leicester, but I don't think he's he's got a huge amount of sort of pedigree beyond that. I know his defence coach, Kevin Sinfield, I think they brought over from Rugby League and he's only had like a season or two coaching union. I just don't know if the whole staff's out of their depth. I, I think they, they might they might survive because of the draw. England might end up sort of walking into a semi. But if they lose to Argentina in the pool and then get hammered by someone in the quarterfinal, I could see that coaching staff being gone after the World Cup. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a Scotland supporter, obviously, uh, what do you think of your team coming into the World Cup? I think this is probably the best Scotland team I've ever seen. Or it maybe hasn't said much because we've not had the highs of obviously some other bigger rugby nations. But I think I'd put our back line up there with pretty much anyone. I think Finn Russell, you can make a good argument, is the best fly half in the world. I think he's got the sort of creativity to unlock any any uh, sort of attack and sort of unlock any defence in the world. Like if someone's beaten that South Africa defence, he's probably the man to do it. I just think the area that slightly worries me is the front five, so in the forwards, the physicality. So to match these teams like South Africa is probably the main contender. I, th- I think we we almost, at times we've played New Zealand and we've played France and we've done better than we have against South Africa just because we can kind of match them with the cre- creative play. But I think when we play one of these teams that's just, their game plan is just about beating you down and it's very upfront and not one-dimensional because that's probably not fair to the South Africans. But I think that you need to sort of earn the right to play the expansive rugby. I think when you're getting smashed up front, it almost doesn't give your backline a chance to get started. And South Africa and Ireland for over the past five, ten years have been incredible at doing that to us. So I think there, there's certain areas that were really weak in depth as well. I'd say prop. Sander Fagerson, Pierre Schumann are good starting props. But then behind them were quite sparse. Whereas South Africa, I think they have the best depth in the world there. They could probably find four or five props that would easily get in a Scotland. Tighthead and Lucid, both sides, that could easily get into a Scotland 23. So I think it's just, it might be a bit of a big ask trying to match them up front. But I think even if we can, I think the hope probably is that we can keep the game quite fast against South Africa, especially because that's the first one. I think we need to keep the game quite fast, probably not get sucked into a big up-front battle, but match them there. I think if we start conceding scrum penalties, which they can start line out moles from, then we're just done. I, don't, I think we just need to be able to try and keep the tempo high and play the game how we want it to be played. I think it's very difficult against South Africa because they're very good at controlling it and making you play how they want to play. I think Ireland as well, they're very kind of regimented and solid. They're maybe the best kind of drill team in the world, very structured. I think we've also struggled to cope with that. I think our rugby is a lot more sort of free-flowing and almost instinctive. But for whatever reason, stylistically, I think we've struggled with those two teams. But but yeah, it's the best best squad I can, I can remember. And we are sort of fairly deep in most positions now, I think. 
So it's just a case of hopefully the match is just. I think if the match is decided by sort of attacking, exciting rugby, then we've got a great shot against both of them. But if they manage to bog us down, I just don't think we've got the the strength to to match them there. Really, we don't have kind of big physical specimens the same way that they do. That's fair. Um, I mean, it'll be nice to see one of the home nations win. I guess you know, like I would. I think it'll be I nice think to I've see. got a real, yeah. I think it'll be nice to see Scotland win because you know I've got my Scot, my Scottish roots as well up there in St Andrews. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard some of the more recent episodes we've had, but there's a new section called Top Five, and Top Five is, it could be anything. It could be facts. It could be trivia. So this week's top five, I'm going to give you an option. It's both trivia, both trivia, but I'll give you the option of picking which one you want to answer. So the first okay. one is the top try scorers in rugby World Cup history, and the second is top five point scorers in rugby World Cup history. So which would you rather go for? I'm going to try scorers. Try scorers. Try scorers. Okay. So top five yep. in rugby World Cup history. I will give you a hint. No, there's a. Is it total or is it? No, just the names. So it's total tries. Or... Yes. Yeah, but it's not per, for one World Cup. It's for no, no, across total, the whole yeah. career. Yeah. I think Brian Habana has to be there. Brian Habana is joined first. Yes. Uh, um, what else? I'm going to say, is Jonah Lomu there? Top f- he didn't play that long, but he well. scored a lot. Joint first as well. Oh, wow. Um, so you got top two. Shane Williams? No. Uh, I should mention, well, I'll give you uh, Shane Williams. Is it, is He's in the top 15. But, well, actually, okay. he's in okay. the top 10. No, top 12. Uh, but this is my fault. I should have mentioned it at the start. You get five guesses, so you've guessed two correct. I'll give you three more because I never okay. mentioned it before okay. you mentioned Shane Williams. Hmm. I don't think who's been to a lot of them, but then also scored a lot. Ben Smith. He's not on this top 12 list. No, don't think so. Because um, you also need to start thinking about which countries have got far. I will give difficult. you uh, an extra hint. Uh, for the top, for the last three, two are Aussies and one is an all black. Okay, so... Oh, this is annoying. Um, 
George Gregan. George who? Gregan. You've only got one more left. One more guess left. George Gregan is <sighs> not on this. This is difficult. So, who else have we got? Two Aussies. And an old black. And I think the old black's the 15, but I can't remember what his name is. That was uh, Jonah Lomu on 15. Hmm. Right. So I'll give you this. Yeah, go on. Put... 15. There's an Aussie on 14. There's a Kiwi on 13. There's another Aussie on 12. I don't think it is, but James O'Connor. No. No, it won't be. No. Put me out of my misery. Right. Who are they? So, like I've mentioned, Junalumu and Brian Habana jumped first on 15. Drew Mitchell on 14. Ah, okay. Doug Howlett on 13. And Adam... I've even heard of him. He must be ancient. Adam Ashley Cooper on 12. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought of him. That's, that's interesting. I guess he was around for a long time. No, that's a tough list. I think the top two are quite straightforward, and then beyond that's tough. Yeah, I enjoyed um, that. I mean, good. Alright, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. Do you want a chance to redeem yourself? I could give you a bonus top go on, five. Go on. Top five scorers, yep. point scorers all time. I'll give you five guesses on this one. And go. So that's Rugby World Cup or just in general? Rugby World Cup. Uh, Dan Carter's got to be there. Yep, number four. Johnny Wilkinson? Yep, number one. And it gets a bit harder. Um, John Eels? No. Nope. There is a Scotsman uh, number two. And then two Kiwis. Oh, it's not um It's not Greg Laidlaw, is it? No. So you've got one Scotsman, one Kiwi, and one Aussie left. Dan Parks. No. Uh, oh. It is tough, I'll give you that. Gavin Gavin Hastings. Yeah, Gavin Hastings. number two. There you there go. There you go. I had to go for the Scottish guy. I had to go for I the Scottish like, guy. Should I say, because you'd get it straight away if I said it. But yeah. yeah. So, his son, his son nar- narrowly missed out on, the, on making the Scotland squad for this World Cup. He was with us last time. That's, oh, okay. Well, it runs in the family. Yeah. So Johnny Wilkinson yeah, at number one on two seven seven points. Hasting Hastings number two, two hundred and twenty seven points. Michael Lenox on one hundred and ninety. Oh yeah, Dawson. Dan Carter on one nine one. Grant Fox on one seventy. 
Yeah, see, it's difficult when they're from from longer ago. Yeah, I think Grant Fox is probably like the eighty seven World Cup and the ninety one. Yeah, stuff going. No, they're good. Good questions. But yeah, it's um good session. Learns a lot about rugby and matchups today. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's Friday, Friday it kicks off, so it's all come up very quickly. Yeah, I guess we can watch the Scotland game on Sunday. Is it Scotland Australia? Yep. 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 So uh, South Africa. South Africa. South Africa Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining on this episode, Colin. Really appreciate your expert yeah, insight you. into the rugby world. So thank you very much for, again for joining. This has been another episode of the Elliot Uncensored podcast. Goodbye.